What's up everybody, GenX Dividend Investor here. In this fascinating video I tell you why cash is king and dividend cash flow is what can make you a king. So please show your support by hitting that thumbs up button, subscribing if you haven't yet, and clicking that bell notification. Now most of you have heard the saying cash is king, which was popularized after the stock market crash of 1987 by the CEO Volvo, and that means that cash, or liquid assets that can be easily converted into cash, are obviously super important to have. You need cash to pay your bills, and you generally want to have at least two to six months of cash to cover you for unexpected emergencies, like needing new tires or if you got laid off or whatever. Some people like to hold decently large cash balances in their brokerage account to take advantage of buying opportunities when they come along, though I invest cash as soon as I have some to invest, as there are always deals in any market on any day. That also means I usually don't have buckets of cash to deploy when markets crash, but that's a trade-off I've been happy to make. Now when interest rates are super high, then holding more cash can make sense as you collect interest. But historically speaking, you'll find that having your money in good real estate or stocks will outperform cash in the bank over long periods of time. I personally prefer dividend yielding stocks over any other asset, and I usually get stock appreciation and passive dividend cash flow for doing nothing but holding. Anyways, while having some cash is great, having too much cash just sitting there is often not smart because it usually makes more when it's invested, not to mention that inflation eats away at the purchasing power of cash over time. That also means that cash is probably worth more now than it will be in the future, so be aware of the time value of money. Thus, investing as soon as you intelligently can invest is often a good choice. But what really matters is cash flow, which is cash coming into you and cash flowing out to pay bills. If your cash flow coming in is greater than what's going out, then your cash pile and your financial options increase. If your cash flow going out is greater than what's going in, then your cash balance decreases, and once it's depleted that means you're either paying on credit or you can't pay the bills or you're selling assets or something. So a goal that I believe everyone needs to have is to increase their cash flow that's coming from quality assets and or their job. Yet don't go after high yielding investments just for more cash flow. Always make sure the asset is robust. I value cash flow from quality dividend companies that have been around and have increased their dividend for decades and that I think will be able to continue to do so for some time to come. The more quality dividend cash flow you build up, the faster you can become wealthy, which is why dividend cash flow is the kingmaker. Like I believe that in a hundred years, my dividend portfolio will seriously be worth a billion dollars managed by my descendants. And sure, a billion dollars a hundred years from now is probably like a hundred million today, assuming a normal average annual inflation rate. And sure, the odds of everything working out, like I hope, is probably low, but I'll still put the wheels in motion and we'll enjoy the ride along the way. Now, I know that some of you don't care about what happens when you're dead, but I get excited knowing that I've created something productive that will exist once I'm gone, helping people for generations. But it's not just the future that excites me, it's also the present. It took me almost 30 years of investing to get to the point where my dividends pay all my bills, but now it's happened and I'm so appreciative that I learned about the potential of quality dividend stocks many decades ago and that I stayed true to investing over all these years. Unfortunately, many people never achieve their retirement dreams. Like I just read an article in a British newspaper about someone who can't afford to retire. I want to read part of it to you in hopes of motivating you to remain committed to investing. The headline is, It's exhausting, but I think I'm going to have to keep working. And it tells about a lady who lives in Lancashire, left school at 14, worked in factories, hairdressing shops and bars, and did secretarial temp work all over the country before she took a job at HM Revenue and Customs, where she worked full-time for 23 years. Then last year in May, she began her retirement, but after only a few weeks off, she realized that she could not afford it because of the rising cost of living. She said, I had two months off, then I had to return to work. I rent my home and I can survive on my state pension of around 800 pounds a month and two small private pensions, but I cannot live. 
My rent and household bills alone come to just under 700 pounds, end quote. The article continues with, Dee is not alone in her financial predicament. The rise in economic activity in the UK was spread among all age groups, but was the highest among over 65s. Dee now works in an administrative role for the NHS and recently reduced her hours because of the strain on her health. It continues with a quote from Dee who says, I think total retirement is never going to be an option. I don't think I'll ever be in a situation where I don't go to work, so at 70 I'll go down to perhaps one or two days. It's depressing. I'd like to save up five figures for emergencies, but with everything going up in price, it's really, really hard. Dee is one of dozens of people aged 65 and over who spoke to The Observer about why they've recently returned to paid work. While some of those who got in touch said they'd returned to the workforce because they enjoyed working and keeping active, most said they had done so out of necessity rather than by choice. The article quotes another British senior who returned to full-time work and who said, With living costs rising, I have to work permanently. I have three small occupational pensions totaling about £1,000 a month, and my husband has a teacher's pension, but we can't afford to live without working. When our energy bills rose to £400 a month, there was no choice but to go back. And unfortunately, stories like that are becoming more and more common. In fact, 61% of Americans say they're more scared of running out of money than of dying. Each generation is getting more scared that they won't be able to retire, and most have no idea how long their money will last in retirement. That reality is why you want increasing dividend cash flow as you get older. Position yourself to be able to become a king as time goes on. Keep investing in your financial education to enhance your chances of success. I have this financially illiterate relative who's on food stamps now because she never learned how to manage her money nor did she care enough to try. She got divorced decades ago and received alimony for over 20 years, along with got multiple properties in the settlement, which she immediately sold to get more cash in the bank. As the years went on, I saw her blow through the money, spending it on high-end furniture and in other wasteful ways, so I kept trying to convince her to change and to be careful with her money, because I could see the financial cliff she was hurtling towards. But she refused to live differently. She'd say things like, what's the point of money if you don't spend it? To which I'd reply that if she just changed a little bit, then her future would be much more secure. Fast forward to today and sure enough she's run out of all the money, and she can't even afford to pay for property taxes in a paid off house. She's constantly reaching out to relatives asking for help, and yet she also doesn't work. I read a CNBC article recently that said that 1 in 6 retirees are thinking about going back to work. They found that, over time, the number of older adults in the workplace has been growing. Among adults ages 65 to 74, the workforce participation rate was about 26% in 2021, and is expected to grow to almost 31% by 2031. In the 75 and older crowd, the position in the workforce is expected to reach 11.1%, up from 8.6% in 2021. They also found that over 50% of retirees heading back to work was due to needing more money. I'd wager most of those people aren't spending time like you are, learning about finances and investing and such. I mean, how many people know what an expense ratio is, or a payout ratio, or what a read is? Very few, unfortunately. Look, some people work hard, get some bad breaks, and even though they plan their money carefully, they still struggle to invest. That's why I advocate for living frugally and investing as much as you can, when you can, to hedge your bets for future success. Hope for the best, but prepare for the not so best. People get fired, even good people. People get sick, even healthy people. Sometimes stuff happens outside your control. Like I think AI is going to usher in an era of change at a magnitude similar to how impactful the internet has been. Some businesses will integrate and leverage AI to grow their top and bottom lines, while other businesses will be destroyed. Tons of people will lose their job to AI automation, so investing while you can is critical. Build up a protective moat around your finances. Let your cash flowing dividends act as a protective hedge in case AI does gobble up your skill set. 
Even small investments over a long period of time can turn into huge cash flowing vehicles. Like take a look at Pepsi's dividend stats on Seeking Alpha as an example of a company you could own that could turn into huge cash flow over time. Of course I'd never invest in only one company. Okay, and we see that Pepsi's current dividend yield is about 2.7%, its dividend growth rate is about 7% a year, and it has consecutively increased its dividend for an amazing 50 years. Impressive. Now let's take a look at my portfolio growth simulator tool and my dividend spreadsheet tracker product that my upper tier Patreon aristocrats and kings have access to. We'll pretend you start at zero and that you invest 100 bucks a week into a Pepsi and a Roth, and we'll assume that Pepsi increases in share price at 7% a year. What this simulation tells us is that by year 10, your Pepsi would be giving you $1,834 a year in dividends. By year 30, it would be yielding you almost $20,000 a year in dividends. Imagine getting $20,000 of spare cash flow from Pepsi as you prepare for retirement. That example illustrates how quality dividend cash flow can make you a king if you do it for long enough. And I'd go with a diverse basket of quality stocks instead of just one, but hopefully you got the picture. The key is to start investing in quality stuff and then keep reinvesting your dividends and keep buying more, ideally when things are on sale, and then do that for the rest of your life. Now I'm sure that some of you may be thinking that the 30 years I used in this simulation is too long of a time, but that's how real wealth is made even if you're starting late in life. Like Warren Buffett has owned Coke for 35 years and he's 92 years old, which means that he didn't even buy Coke until he was 57 years old. I own 1,666 shares of Coca-Cola, and yesterday on July 3rd I got a quarterly cash dividend payoff from Coke for 766 bucks. But that's nothing compared to Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway that own 400 million shares of Coke, which means their Coke dividend was $184 million this quarter. I think that's awesome, and it inspires me to keep holding my Coke shares, and I'm confident that when my portfolio passes a billion dollars that Coke will still be a part of it. Time and investing every dime you can afford to does amazing things for your portfolio. Like a few years ago I did a video on YouTube about how my dividend portfolio hit a new goal of $50,000 of dividends a year. Fast forward to now and a couple weeks ago I did a video about how my dividend portfolio hit $100,000 of dividends a year. So some years may go by and you'll end up flat and other years will go by and you'll rock it up. Just keep investing and you'll be surprised by what you can accomplish. And whatever you do, think in decades not in months. It's never too late to invest, and the more passive dividend cash flow you generate, the safer your future becomes, even as AI blossoms. So live frugally, invest, and win. When I say frugally, I just mean be careful and don't waste money. As you make more money, fight the urge to become wasteful. Like one of my best friends eats out for every meal. I've got a relative that does the same. She makes a ton of money, but every meal is Uber Eats. Like literally every meal. She makes hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and yet constantly complains about how she'll need to work until she dies. When I mention dividend stocks and investing, she comes up with excuses about why she can't afford to, and then in the next breath she'll talk about adding a pool to her backyard. So when I say frugal, I just mean don't be dumb. It's obviously okay to eat out now and then, and it's okay to spend some money on fun experiences, but be careful of continually spending more money as you make more. Do you really need that Mercedes, or can you keep driving your Honda? Maybe keep the Honda and invest the amount you are going to spend on the Mercedes. And don't stop investing just because some random media person thinks the markets are going to crash soon. Like this week I had a new comment on an older video of mine called What I Learned Living on Dividends for Two Years, where the subscriber said, Those quotes at about 8 minutes into the video are so true. I bought SPY when it was around 390, then saw a bunch of videos and websites about a recession in the second half of 2023. I panicked and sold everything at 387. Well, now SPY is up to 4.43 and I missed out on a big gain. Investing is too stressful for me, so now I've been putting everything into high yield savings accounts. Let's watch 30 seconds of the quotes in the video he was talking about. Don't try to time the market yourself because you'll probably lose. 
Competing in the markets is more difficult than competing in the Olympics. There are more people trying to do it and putting more resources behind it. Right now is when you'll hear more people talking about how they've called the top of the markets and that they're sitting in cash and they'll jump in when the time is perfect. I'd ignore all those people. Another helpful quote from another billionaire is Bob Parsons who said, The temptation to quit will be greatest just before you are about to succeed. That's kind of like the Harvey Dent Batman quote, which is, The night is darkest just before the dawn, and I promise you the dawn is coming. Okay, so unfortunately the subscriber who left that comment made multiple mistakes. Number one, he sold completely out of his portfolio because various financial personalities were saying the markets would have a recession. Number two, he tried to time the market and is actually still out of the market and so missed the 16% run-up we've had this year. And I'd argue he might be making a third mistake in the sense that he's given up on stock investing. And I say might because if it's truly too stressful for him to invest in the markets, then maybe it's not a mistake to stop. Plus, cash in the bank is at a great rate right now, but eventually rates will probably go down if he doesn't invest, then he'll most likely lose out to inflation. Another option he could consider is giving real estate a go, as that might be less stress for him, even though I found real estate to be more stressful. Whatever he does, I hope he finds something decent to invest in. It sucks that he panicked out of the market, but that's pretty common, and the reality is that no one knows what the market will do in the short run or the long run. You can make educated guesses based on historical data relative to what's happening now, combined with your estimates of what you think will happen in the future, but in the end it's still a guess. Like take a look at this graph from Reventure Consulting, which shows M2 money supplies declining, and when that happens it looks like there's a decent likelihood that we'll have a depression along with high unemployment. M2 is the Fed's estimate of the total money supply, including all the cash people have on hand, plus all of the money deposited in checking accounts, savings accounts, and in CDs and such. What we can see is that if this indicator is correct, then we might be headed into a depression, which also means the stock market may crash. As money supply contracts and we have inflation, it means that there are less dollars in the system to pay for higher prices, which then seemingly leads to our economic system having a deflationary crash, like what happened after the Spanish flu and after World War I. And why is M2 doing this? Well, it's probably tied to quantitative tightening and rates and money printing and stimulus checks and the cycle goes on and on. The TLDR is that we have this indicator flashing red, and if history is any indicator, then we could be in for bumpier times for the market. But will I sell my dividend portfolio because an indicator might be saying that we could be headed towards a market crash? Nope. I don't let indicators like this materially impact my investing strategy. I plan to just let my dividend portfolio ride, with a small DCA now and then when I have spare cash, and if we have a depression, then we have a depression. Now that doesn't mean you should let your portfolio ride, I'm just saying that that's what I'm doing. And we'll do that whether I think we're headed for a bull market or a bear market. I've found that if I buy decent companies and hold them over the long run, I tend to do fine. And I realize that sometimes indicators are right, but sometimes they're wrong. And timing the market isn't something I can consistently do. And since it's often easy to do more harm than good by trying to time the market, I don't even try. There are just too many variables and indicators in the economy to know what the future brings, which is why experts are sometimes wrong in their predictions. That being said, I personally still like to be aware of what indicators and experts are saying, but I'm sticking true to my strategy. I think if you can just ignore the noise in the markets, and you can just keep investing, little by little, then things will eventually turn out quite nice. Speaking of little, I sometimes get subscriber comments from newer investors who ask me if it's worth it to invest when the amounts they have are so small, and my answer is yes. Small changes over long periods of time often turn into big things. Like I have a relative who is obese, and she mentioned that her plan was to lose a pound a month. Now you might think 12 pounds a year is practically nothing if you weigh 500 pounds or whatever, but hey, in 10 years she might have lost 120 pounds. So my point is that baby steps of progress over long periods of time can yield dramatic results, whether you're talking about weight loss or investing or whatever. The key is to delay short-term gratification. 
Like maybe you have a habit of eating a late night snack before you go to bed. Can you delay the urge to eat until morning time? If so, then you'll be on path to losing weight. Can you force yourself to do a workout rather than play that video game? Or from an investing standpoint, can you avoid spending money on those expensive shoes and instead just get a cheap pair and invest what you saved? Can you ignore what market experts are predicting, or will they panic you into selling, even though you know that experts are sometimes wrong? I mean, take a look at these headlines I pulled from the last two months. Number one, four reasons inflation will stay stubbornly high for some time. Number two, why we expect inflation to fall in 2023. Number three, economists expect inflation to remain high through 2024. Number four, IMF's Gobanath sees sizable upside inflation risks, says market is too optimistic. Number five, the US could see inflation drop like a rock without hitting a recession. So a lot of predictions, but no one really knows. You'll be able to find experts with reasons why anything might happen. Lately, inflation has been the talk of the town, so I decided to chart CPI in the US from 2019 until now. You can see how we used to be around the 2% mark in 2019 and 2020 until the pandemic hit. And then money printing went into overdrive, which then drove inflation up, and so we've been raising rates and that's been bringing inflation back down. On July 12th, the June inflation numbers will be released, and I'd guess that would drop from the main numbers and will be at 3 point something percent, but again, I'm just some random person making a guess. Regardless of what it is, I won't sell out of my portfolio due to some inflation metric, or due to what some people are saying. I've come to realize that I don't need to be right on all my companies, I just need to be generally right rather than generally wrong. It's okay if one of my stocks goes belly up, or even two or three do. What matters to me is that I stay invested, and what also matters to me is if you invest. Don't put it off if you can. I read that almost one in four boomers said they didn't start saving for retirement until they turned 50, and over a third of them say they have no retirement savings at all, according to a 2022 survey. Perhaps you can avoid being one of the more than 50% of Americans that believe they'll outlive their retirement savings, because you'll be owning dividend stocks that provide you with cash flow. I want you to enjoy your retirement years once you get there, and I don't want you to be freaked out that you might outlive the cash sitting in your bank. I believe that if you invest for a long time, then your snowballing dividend cash flow will allow you to eventually live like a king. I just don't want you to regret not investing more when you could have. That reminds me of this amazing white paper written by a Cornell psychologist who asked people on their deathbed what their number one regret was. An incredible 76% of people said that not fulfilling their ideal self was their biggest regret, i.e. failing to live up to the people they wished they were. Or to say that differently, they regretted their inaction towards doing, and becoming, what they really wanted. Like maybe they always wanted to move overseas, but they never ended up doing it. Or maybe they never wrote that book that they'd always dreamed about writing. Or maybe they never reached out to their old high school flame to see if they would go out on a date. It's pretty crazy to think that over three-fourths of the population has the same deathbed regrets of not going after their dreams. And the paper explains the three reasons why this happens. Number one is because people don't set deadlines for their personal goals, and without that ticking clock of accountability, it's easy to let things fall by the wayside. And of course, that also means you need to have goals in the first place. Number two is because people often wait to be inspired, rather than inspire themselves. The reality is that action creates inspiration. Nike is right when they say just do it. Trust me, if you just start doing, then you'll inspire yourself through action. You want to be an author? Then set yourself a goal of writing three pages a day, along with the goal of finishing your first draft in three months. You want to be rich? Then invest more seriously. Have a goal of investing 30% of your take-home pay and try to get to a five-figure portfolio in two years or whatever. Create your goals, move towards them, and you'll find yourself inspired by your actions. And finally, the number three reason that we don't achieve our best selves is due to fear, both fear of failure and or fear of what other people think. Like maybe you want to be a singer, but you're too scared to sing in front of others. Your fear keeps you away from who you really want to be. 
but I say you should sing. Sign up for lessons. Overcome your fears and just belt it out. And just invest. It doesn't matter if you're 50 and you've never invested. It doesn't matter if you can only invest a few bucks a week. Invest in quality companies and build up your cash flow. The more cash flow you build, the more options you'll have in life. Options to retire earlier. Options to splurge more using your cash flow. Options to help others more. Options to become a king or a queen. And now I'd normally end my video with a shout out of new Patreon aristocrats or kings that have signed up, but I'm all sold out of aristocrat seats, though I do have a king seat that just opened up a few moments ago. For reference, aristocrats gain access to my dividend spreadsheet product that I use in my videos, and they gain access to multiple private channels on my dividend discord chat server, where I let my upper tier patreons watch my videos before I release them to the public, as well as the thumb on which thumbnails I use for my videos, and of course they get more direct access to me. I also add my upper tier patreons to my scrolling news ticker if I still have space on it. Patreon kings get all that, plus a private 30 minute monthly voice chat on my discord to talk about whatever they want. I'd also like to pitch you using my Seeking Alpha affiliate link, which usually gives you some extra perks when you use it and sign up for their service. I personally paid for Seeking Alpha Premium for multiple years because they're the best stock website on the internet, and I'm grateful that they've agreed to sponsor me when I talk about them. And if you appreciate 182 free dividend investing videos like this, then please hit the thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet, and click that bell notification. Finally, I highly recommend that you join my free dividend Discord chat server, which has over 10,000 dividend investors on it from 72 countries around the world. Thanks for watching, stay positive, and I'll talk to you again real soon. I am not a financial advisor, and these videos are for entertainment, inspiration, and educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risk. I am only sharing my opinion with no guarantee of gains or losses on investments.